Our uh, first reading that Don read for us on this last Sunday of Eastertide ascent, uh, illustrated Jesus' ascension to heaven. Our second reading follows shortly after. And it's the only little paragraph that separates the account of Christ's ascension from the story of Pentecost. And it recounts the story of how the, the apostles chose Matthias to replace Judas. In Acts, what we see is that the disciples of Luke's gospel go through a bit of a name change from the disciples or the followers or students or disciplined ones to apostle, which means to be sent out. So from the students or the followers to those who have been sent out. And we see this as uh, the, the group chooses Matthias. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the first chapter of Acts, beginning with the 15th verse. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which through the Holy Spirit, through David, foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph called Bersabbas, who is also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in the ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Can you just imagine for a moment the situation, how tense it might have felt when Peter stood among all the believers and said, hey, it's time to pick one of you to join us in our ministry. Jeffrey Davis describes it this way, to imagine the scene on the school playground during recess. Everyone's lined up facing the two captains who are picking teams for a game of kickball. In successive turns, each captain chooses the best, the next best of the remaining players to be on their team. As the final choices are made, there are two potential players waiting, but only one position to fill. Who's going to be chosen and who will be left to watch the game from the sidelines? This is the dilemma, a, a taste of the scene that the apostles find themselves in. Following Jesus' ascension, the apostles and all the other believers returned to Jerusalem just like Jesus told them to do in the gospel. They needed to fill the 12th spot on their roster of those collectively serving as a witness to Christ's resurrection. They've narrowed it down from the 120 believers to two. Joseph and Matthias. These were the only two who followed Jesus from his, from his baptism to his ascension. 
So you might be thinking, why does it have to be 12? Do they have to have an even number? Maybe they fell into the mantra we can all have from time to time. that We've always done it this way. We've always had 12, so uh, we can't change that now. A 12 is a significant number in the Bible. It symbolizes the 12 tribes of Israel. But it also symbolizes a hope of the early followers of Jesus to restore the tribes of Israel to the peaceful and united times of King David and King Solomon. In their last conversation with Jesus, the apostles asked, Is this the time when you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? Twelve was more than just a lucky number, more than just a tradition. It was part of their vision, their collective vision, as they witnessed Christ's resurrection. So we see the pressure was on these apostles and Peter to choose their final member. But to make a difficult decision even worse, they're now without their teacher and guide. Jesus has just ascended into heaven, literally a sentence or two before our reading. The person who led their ministry and virtually made all their decisions was no longer there, or at least not in the same way. The apostles, as the sent out ones, would now have to act on Christ's behalf without his physical presence there among them. We know that the Holy Spirit's coming at Pentecost just a few sentences away and that Christ had promised that they would soon be baptized by the Holy Spirit, but the apostles were still uncertain about their future. The apostles seem to be at a bit of a crossroads in our reading and story today. In the story of Acts, we know that they're at the crossroads between Christ's ascension and the Spirit's indwelling at Pentecost. But to the apostles, with the looming decision of their twelfth witness and the realization that their teacher and guide is no longer present with them, they're standing at a different crossroads. This is a crossroads of indecision, but also uncertainty. From time to time, we all find ourselves standing with the apostles at this kind of crossroad. We might not be choosing a 12th apostle to join us, but we face difficult, potentially life-altering decisions throughout our lives. And like the apostles, we often face these tough decisions with uncertainty. From time to time, we feel like we are at this crossroads with them, between indecision and uncertainty. The place where we have trouble making a decision because we're uncertain of the outcome, of what's next. This past year of change and the pandemic has certainly been one of these times of crossroads for us. Each decision, each activity, event, encounter comes with so many extra things to decide. We all have a sense of what uh, business leaders call decision fatigue. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausted from all those extra decisions we make with more and more nuance. Now as we're emerging from this time, slowly but surely the decision making is still important. We still have more to do. The story of the apostles choosing their final member forces us to think about how we go about making important decisions in our lives. The apostles will eventually make their decision, of course. 
of the two candidates, they chose Matthias, but how did they do it? They decided to cast lots. Casting lots was an ancient practice of decision-making. If you have no idea what it means, don't worry. We're going to explain it. The name of each candidate was written on a piece of parchment or wood or pottery or something, and they'd place the names in a bowl. The person collecting the, the names would shake the bowl around a few times until a name emerged from the bowl and fell into the lap of the officiate. To put it pretty bluntly, friends, casting lots is a bit like today's drawing a name out of a hat or, as my sermon title suggests, picking straws. But the book of Proverbs gives us a little different image of casting lots. Proverbs 16.33 says that the lot is cast into the lap, but the, decisions, uh, the decision is the Lord's alone. The wisdom provided here basically says that God's providence invades this human process of picking straws, casting lots. Before they engaged in casting lots, they prayed. They asked God, who knows everyone's heart, to show which of the candidates is called to this ministry. So the story that bridges Jesus' ascension and Pentecost is not as much about Matthias joining the eleven. Because, funny enough, this is the only time we'll ever hear Matthias' name. He's not mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. The story, rather, is about how these apostles made a difficult decision in an uncertain time. More importantly, it's about how they reminded or how they remained faithful in prayer and seeking the will of God in the process. Even at the crossroads of indecision and uncertainty, the apostles remained faithful in prayer and in seeking the will of God. Prayer made them aware of God's abiding presence with them. Through Christ, and they were able to face this crossroads with confidence and hope. Friends, these apostles remind us that even when we feel like we're between indecision and uncertainty, God's presence still abides with us. The apostles model for us how to remain faithful in prayer and seeking God's will in an uncertain, unstable, chaotic time. Casting lots might seem a little arbitrary today, and I'm by no means saying we should make any significant decision this way, but it seems that this reading forces us to ask ourselves, what role does prayer play in our decision-making process? Martin Luther once said that as is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to make shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. Luther wanted people to see that we as Christians are in the business of prayer. And our patterns of prayer should lead us through life's difficult decisions. Prayer opens us up to discerning God's will at an important crossroads in life. Like the apostles, prayer also makes us aware of God's abiding presence whenever we face a difficult decision. There's a reason our Presbyterian Book of Order requires us to begin and close each meeting with prayer. It roots and anchors our decision-making and reflection in prayer. 
rooting such a meeting in prayer reminds us what we're there to do, to discern the will of Christ for our particular time and place. Prayerful discernment won't always lead to the best or right decision. We're human. We'll all make mistakes. But prayerful discernment will allow us to approach the crossroads of indecision and uncertainty with confidence, knowing that God's abiding presence remains with us. As we approach Pentecost, the day when we witness to God's ever-present spirit alive and at work in each of us, may we, like these apostles, remember that we're in the business of prayer seeking God's will in our careers, our families, even in the church. May we continue to face the tough decisions of life with the confidence that through prayer, we will feel God's abiding presence with us, giving us the strength and courage to face all of life's difficult crossroads. Friends, may it be so. Amen.